0: Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 43rd episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. I really appreciate everyone tuning in more than you know. Please help grow the podcast by sharing it on social media, telling your friends about it, and by leaving a rating or comment. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at It's R A Kuhn. That's I T S R A C O O N. That way you won't miss out on any news about the Pulling Tart Podcast. I'd like to welcome on a special guest, Emily Messina. Emily is the media relations and broadcasting manager for the Reading Fighting Phils AA affiliate for the Philadelphia Phillies. Can't wait to chat with Emily Messina right after this break. Emily, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. I know that the plan for you this baseball season was to announce Redding Fightin' Phil's games, but clearly that just didn't pan out. Um, So what have you been up to this summer?
1: Well, first, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Uh, Yeah, unfortunately, we never made it to the minor league baseball season, so I wasn't able to broadcast the games, but I was still able to work within the organization doing other things, my media relations position as well as graphic design, and then, you know, in minor league baseball, a little bit of everything else.
0: Sure, absolutely. Um, So what does it mean to you to be one of the few female broadcasters in minor league baseball.
1: It is such an honor to be with the other females who are in the industry. Like you said, there's not a lot of them. And I don't know if you've had any interaction with the other women, but they are all amazing uh, people who really inspire me to continue to work for my spot in minor league baseball. And obviously This past week, even, there's been so many um, promotions and so many great and inspiring stories about other females achieving success that I think it makes our tight-knit group even more um, inspired and even more excited to pursue that goal of ours.
0: Absolutely. And, I mean, we're seeing females... Um, becoming more prominent in the sports industry all over the place. The Marlins have a female general manager now. Um, We just saw in college football yesterday a girl kicked a field goal. um, I think it was for Baylor, right? Um, Uh, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, that's it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's great to see women – all over the place in the sports industry, and uh, for you to be broadcasting games soon, hopefully, with the Fight and Fills over there in Reading. So, I worked in media relations as well. And is it a little bit more difficult running media relations when you're a female? Um, I know it involved me going into the clubhouse very frequently.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, like you said, that's part of the job. So Mm -hmm. to me, you just do what you have to do as a part of the job. So you have to go in, you have to get them for interviews. You have to bring the lineups and the stat packs and all those things. So, um, to me, that's just kind of how it goes. And I'm very lucky and blessed that I've been in organizations that have supported me. And I think that's obviously like part of the reason why, um, I've continued to make some progress is that there are people out there that are willing to work with you and are willing to help you navigate through that. So I haven't had too much backlash within the organizations that I've worked in. They've all been like really accommodating to the clubhouse and do whatever I needed to do. But there have been some times when a visiting team, hasn't really been as receptive and i think a lot of that is this they really haven't come in contact with women before so they're just really not sure how to handle it you know they're they're a little bit uncomfortable they might think i'm a little uncomfortable so uh, i would say it more so happens with the visiting team just because there's so few women that they just don't know how to react i think
0: right right that that totally makes sense so like how do you get around that do you like is there like a certain window of time where like everybody must be dressed or I don't like, I don't know how that works, honestly.
1: Not really. I always tried to do any of my like media relations things earlier. Okay. In the morning, the guys would come in to warm up at like 11 and obviously the game wouldn't be till like that night. So I would have like ample time in the morning to do stuff. But even like after the game, if I had to run down and grab someone or if I had to go in to the clubhouse when, guys were showering after the game i just try to be you know really respectful of their privacy and i um you know just keep my head down and walk to where i need to go if it's into the manager's office or whatever just try to be respectful of their privacy and they're pretty respectful of the job that i have to do too so
0: okay perfect I mean, yeah, you guys must have a different setup than we did in Beloit because I don't think it was an option for me to to bypass uh, those awkward encounters, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, some I've definitely run into a few times where um, it's been a little bit awkward, but that's something that I'm going to face, like, every day right. when I'm so, to me, it's just kind of something that needs to be... A little bit more normalized, and hopefully, with more females, it'll just be easier for uh, it to become something that's just a part of the role.
0: Right, right, and quite honestly, those guys should be getting used to it as well. I right, mean, especially
1: if they're, if they're looking to end up in the majors. There's a lot of female reporters there, even not if they're the broadcasters, but sideline reporters, or if they're from you know different news sources, they're going to come into contact with them there. So okay, so they can start
0: okay. now. And what's your favorite part about graphic design? I did, I've done plenty of graphic design for, for all the teams I worked for. Um, I even do it you know, on the side here and there and for State Farm as well. Um, yeah, what's your favorite part about graphic design?
1: What I like most about it is that there's always something to learn.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: my favorite thing is I'll just – I like try to follow as many different teams – i can like even outside of baseball like football or um hockey like they all have really great platforms and i try to follow them and i'll see something in a graphic i am I like and i'm like how can i recreate that like youtube is a source for everything so you just sure. come on the internet look it up how to do it and it's possible to like learn yourself which i think is really cool like you can learn it on the fly and i'm lucky that my work provides the resources that I need to do that kind of thing. So it's just exciting to learn every day. And then when something's finished, be like, Oh, I created that.
0: Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. It, it, I mean, the freedom is is the thing that is awesome to me. I mean, you would be amazed, like, you know, people in minor league baseball front offices, they barely know how to check their email sometimes, let alone, You know have the creative juices to design you know what you and and i and you know other graphic designers have done in the industry do you do all this stuff for the video board as well
1: uh we have a we, we all kind of work together on different things so most of the stuff i do right now is for social media sure but change when we come to the season i'm not quite sure
0: okay are you uh, fluent in Spanish by chance?
1: I'm not. I'm, uh, it's something I'm working on, but I would okay. not go as far to say fluent at okay.
0: all. Okay, okay. I didn't know if, if broadcasting in Spanish was going to be a goal of yours or, or not.
1: That's something I'd like to work towards, especially because with all the COPA diversion days sure. that they're doing, and especially because a lot of players now, days um, are from – Wait, you know, they only speak Spanish or they speak English. It's definitely a different way to connect with some of the players and with some of the fans, especially depending on where your team is located.
0: Yeah, I would say if you're, you know, people that work in minor league baseball and that are in media relations, if you can learn Spanish, (laughs) it would make your job so much easier. (laughs) Um, So what was it like working in the Australian Baseball League? I've known a couple of other broadcasters that have gone over there and and worked a a summer, um, and they all have great things to say. Um, So what was it like working over there?
1: That was such a cool experience, honestly. Not even just because we were in Australia, which is awesome in and of itself, but because the league over there is is the highest level that you can get to over okay, there. Okay, yep. It's as professional as it comes and you have people of all levels that play in the league so you've got you know, the 18-year-old Australian kid that's just starting out and trying to make it and mm-hmm. then you have those 40-year-old ex-major league players that just want to like come in, be the designated hitter, like hit some bombs. Yeah. So, super diverse yeah. in talent which is cool. The team that I played uh that I worked for, they had a, an old, a pitcher from the majors who was like in his forties. And then there was an 18 year old catcher behind the plate. And it's just so interesting to think about that kind of dynamic and mm-hmm. how um, they, you know, kind of sh- feed off each other and that kind of energy with that kind of experience. It's a very different league, but it's a lot of fun. It was a good experience. And I would really recommend anyone to do it if you can.
0: Sure. Sure. So how does it differ from the minor leagues in the States?
1: Well, because Australia is a little bit more spread out in their towns, you don't play as often, so you only play four games a week. Okay. Um, Thursday through Saturday, usually like there will be a doubleheader or something like that, so it's a, a lot more condensed, um, which is interesting, and there are a good number of minor league players that go over. The Phillies send over sure. a bunch of players, so – um, in that respect, like the the baseball game itself is is pretty much similar, but it's just the the level of play and then the amount of days off that you have in between is a little bit different.
0: Okay, and you work for the Melbourne Aces, right?
1: That's correct. Yeah. Okay,
0: so lo- a little you know tidbit. So around here, there's a traveling. Um, I guess. I don't know if you would call it like an academy or what, traveling baseball club. And so they're called the Delmarva Aces. And I ran into, I've met the guy that, that founded them and... I I kind of asked him like why did you call him the Aces and and he said he said oh well I used to play for the Melbourne Aces back in the day and I was like oh really that's pretty cool um, but then I had a intern in Wisconsin who was from Australia and his favorite team was the Perth they're the Heat right Yeah Yeah he's Yeah he's from Perth so um Wow yeah his so you do meet everybody in this industry that's for sure
1: really small world It's, it's very weird like that
0: oh yeah for sure all right so on that note we're gonna take a chance to cut to a break and we'll be right back with emily messina right after these messages Welcome back, Emily. Again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening to chat with me on the Pulling Tart Podcast. Uh, So how did you get into the baseball industry to begin with?
1: I feel like I have a different story than most because I always knew this is what I wanted to do since I was 10 years old, and I, I tell this story a little bit often, but I grew up in Pennsylvania and my parents would take trips down to the Jersey Shore and on the drive we would listen to baseball on the radio so I know like radio is kind of um, not something everyone grows up hearing but mm-hmm. we listen to it in the car and we listen to the New York Yankees and they have a female radio broadcaster and okay. I think for me listening to her all the time on the radio kind of made it seem like a possibility for me like something that could be more than just a a fun thing to do it could be something that I could actually pursue so since then I went to college for communications and I worked in our athletic department where I started broadcasting and it still felt right and it still felt comfortable to me so ever since then I've been pursuing doing play-by-play radio broadcasting for sports.
0: Okay so in my experience, it takes a really special person to be able to talk to themselves for three hours at a time. Do you have any trouble with that? Do you do you do better when you have a color commentator? Um, Just how do you get used to that?
1: I would say it just takes time to learn how to get comfortable being on the air that long knowing the right things to say and then also doing your research and really having a full notebook of things to talk about especially when you're doing it on your own Mm -hmm. obviously it's a little easier to get into more of a conversation when you have a broadcast partner especially if it's someone that you've done games before with or you're friendly with so you're comfortable, that's obviously way easier to talk for three hours than to talk by yourself, especially kind of the dead time in baseball, but It takes practice.
0: Sure, sure. I've done my fair share of color commentary for baseball, football, soccer, but I can never imagine doing play-by-play. I think that's extremely difficult, and it's definitely a special talent for sure. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, So what are your thoughts on everything that is happening in minor league baseball right now? Uh, There's more news coming out every day. It looks like Williamsport is going to be in a draft league, so they're kind of, sort of losing their affiliation, but not really. Um, Me being from Williamsport, that hits close to home, but but I understand. So, what are your thoughts on everything that's going on right now?
1: It's a very tumultuous time in baseball, I think, and it's really heightened by the fact that the pandemic caused the cancellation of last season. So it seems like everything's in massive disarray just because we haven't played for an entire year and then all these things are coming out about all the rookie and short season leagues mm-hmm. and then all, you know, a bunch of teams restructuring. So I think it's hard to be able to see the light at the end of that. But according to, you know, minor league baseball, major league baseball, the reason that they're doing this is so that the players are treated better they have more fair compensation for that and that the development of the players um, leads to more success so hopefully that comes about but obviously it's disappointing for a lot of people and people are going to lose their jobs off of it so I think it's really tough for me to speak to whether or not I agree or disagree with what's going on because I really have no control over it and I'm just hoping that we're able to play next season, and when we are, it's you know sweeter than ever.
0: Sure, sure. I I really do think people are going to be Jonesing for some for some baseball here next summer, uh, depending on how many people we can let in and all that stuff. Um, I know, you know, I'm getting married here in ooh, less than two weeks. That just really hit, hit home. Um, but uh, we had to cut, you know, 50, 60 people from from our guest list and all that stuff. And, and it's really interesting to see how sports is going to adapt to this. Are are we going to be at 50, 60 percent capacity? Is everybody going to have to wear masks, you know? Um, but I really do think... That these small towns um, like Redding and Williamsport and Beloit, who's getting a new stadium, I, I really do think it's, people are going to be itching for some baseball here in those small towns.
1: I definitely agree with you there. I think as soon as fans can get back into the park, they are going to be eager to do so.
0: Yeah, for sure. So what's the weirdest comment you've seen while running a team's social media? Or I guess a private message?
1: There's definitely a lot of interesting people who have a lot to say about everything, especially stuff they don't really understand. I think to me, the one that always shocks me all the time is when people hate on a player or a prospect that didn't really you know, maybe didn't pan out to the fullest extent Mm -hmm. or um, achieve like what everyone was saying they were going to achieve, or even if they, you know, got to the majors and, and didn't work, wasn't as successful. I always think it's interesting when people hate on those players because they often are very young when they start out and it's very difficult and not everyone makes it. So I just think for for people to sit at home typing on their keyboards, trashing <laughs> someone that even made the major leagues and was on the all-star team for one year and then kind of fizzled down the stretch as unsuccessful always surprises me.
0: Oh, yeah. People hide behind their keyboards or their phones and, and will just say whatever comes to their mind. It's It's kind of insane, honestly. So you've... Been in the industry for a little while, um, and this is the Pulling Tarp podcast. Uh, do you have any interesting stories from from pulling tarp, either in Lynchburg or Australia, or I don't know if you've done it in Reading yet?
1: Uh, I have not pulled the tarp in Reading yet, okay. so looking forward to seeing how that goes. There actually is no tarp in Australia because mm-hmm. the field is the infield is made of turf, so okay. it's not really. and Also. It, in the summer, it doesn't rain a ton out there. So sure. we never pull tarp here. But in Lynchburg, we pulled tarp three quarters of the home games. Like we were out there like every other day pulling the tarp on the yeah. field um, to the point where it was, you know, kind of comical and they called it Drenchburg. <laughs> I think like a lot of teams have stories like that. But I think the most memorable story for me was on opening night we were sponsored by a formal wear company. So like prom dresses, tuxes, mm. all that stuff. And part of the promotion was that everybody that worked there was going to wear one of these formal attire
0: Ooh.
1: So there was a couple other women that worked there with me. So we were all in these like very elaborate prom dresses, like strapless, super expensive and nice. You know, it's like a good idea to an extent. And of course, beautiful day, gorgeous opening day. You know, game is set to start at seven o'clock. We're out, you know, everything's going wonderful. And at six o'clock, the clouds come, it starts downpouring. So we all, and you know, and um high a there's there's not a huge staff there's not a huge grounds crew so everyone goes and pulls the tarp so y'all mm-hmm. sprint down to the field in like our heels and our prom dresses yeah. and the guys are in their nice tuxes and yeah. in the mud and the dirt we're just pulling the tarp across the field i can't even imagine what it must have looked like i mean we were soaked and covered in mud and eventually we did get the game and i think we had to pull like the tarp off and back on again and off again but I can't even imagine
0: what it looked like. Wow, I've never heard anything like that. You, you know, this is why we do the podcast. Is because sometimes you think you've heard it all, but <laughs> that is that is something.
1: It's like baseball moments, you know.
0: Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. I'm so glad you shared that. Wow. Um. So y- you've been in charge of staffing uh, the press box quite a bit as well, and I have too. Uh, what, what is the number one excuse that you get for people calling out, um, that work in the press box?
1: Hmm. You know, I actually haven't had too much trouble with that. Um, when I was in Lynchburg, I had, I came in to a crew in the press box that had been there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. They were, uh, great about showing up on time, getting the job done. So, I luckily, I haven't had too much experience with people calling out. Um, so, I, I've been okay with that, actually. No stories to report.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: I will say uh, we did get into a great habit, though, of um, we had a guessing game that went on, and we would pretty much guess everything throughout the game. So, we would guess first pitch time, and we would guess... How long the game was going to go and the score and um, like rain delays and things like that. So we, we made it into a game where we literally guess like 10 or 12 things during just to keep the employees kind of entertained. Because it can be like a long time, obviously, to sit there and yeah. wanted to they were happy. And I wanted to make sure they showed up for the next game because it's impossible to do it without all of those people. So um, that was that was something that I really enjoyed about that crew
0: okay it's funny that you say that because we had a couple um of like games on the video board like we had a a car race it was sponsored by a car dealership and um there were six different options for the winner and um everybody in the press box would would guess on who was going to be winner. we kept a tally of who won and all that so so it's funny that you say that for sure wow um
1: I love that. Yeah, you got to do something to to keep everyone interested and invested.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what has been your favorite all-time moment that you've broadcasted so far?
1: I think there have been so many great moments with, you know, people hitting monster home runs or um, like special things like that where it's, you know, a record-setting Something, but I think for me, the most special moments are when someone gets called up and it's their first at bat in that league. I think um, it's so exciting to kind of watch them come up to the play and then being able to share that moment with them too, because it kind of um, feels like you're with them there as they like experience that, and especially because. All the players are from all over, so most of their parents are listening in on the radio. Maybe they couldn't get to the game, so you're kind of bringing that moment into their home too. And I think, especially, you know, if a player gets a hit or something exciting happens on that play, um, it's something so worthwhile.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'll tell you a quick story. So I was media relations and marketing in Beloit. And so we got we got a new guy. Um, his name is Matt Chapman. Maybe maybe you've heard of him. Uh, Golden Glove winner, you know, um, you know, all star for the the A's. But anyway, so he was fresh out of college, just got drafted the week before. And I went up to him in the clubhouse, and I said, I said "Hey, man, uh, nice to meet you. I'm Bobby. Um, you know, anything as far as walk up songs and stuff like that." uh you know and you come to me and then if i need any uh media requests from you like interviews or anything like that i'll come to you and um i said so what do you what are you thinking for a walk-up song tonight and um he said he he looked at me dead in the eyes and he says does everybody else have one and i was like yeah man this is this is professional baseball and he was like oh okay i'll get back to you in, in like an hour and i was like oh okay so so that was just like he it was just you know he didn't have any idea what it was like to play professional baseball yet he had only played in college so
1: that's such a good moment wow
0: yeah so i know i'm springing a lot of questions on you but i'm just i'm just coming off the top of the head here so what's your favorite promotion that you've been a part of emily
1: Oh my gosh, that one on the spot. Well, I was definitely really excited about a lot of the ones that we have in Reading. Uh, we have so many great ones, and the team is definitely known for like all of the exciting things they do on the field. I would say the best one that I've personally been a part of was when I worked in Australia, I would occasionally rotate into the PA announcing position, so like okay. calling who was coming up to bat and like little things that were going on to the field. Like you didn't broadcast everything. And we had this promotion where, um, if there was two outs and two strikes and the pitcher struck them out, then everybody in the park would get free popcorn. Everybody in the whole park would get free popcorn. And that was like 5,000 people in the park. So I would be up there and I would be like, okay, Fans, you know what to do. Like, there's two strikes, there's two outs. If he strikes him out, then you all get to run and get free popcorn. And I felt everyone went wild, like nuts. Like, whether or not you're paying attention to the game, people love free stuff. Sure. They love it. But I was so uncomfortable, too, because the pitcher – knew what was happening. Like, they all know that that is part of the game. Mm -hmm. So they up there, and I think I was making them so nervous. And the the other players, like, in the bullpen and, like, in the dugout would get in on it, too, and everyone would be, like, clapping and banging. And this poor guy would throw a ball, and then I'd have to be like, all right, you know what it is, two strikes, two outs. I mean, it was so funny, though, because then when they struck it out, like, 5,000 people would run down to the concourse to get free popcorn.
0: That is awesome.
1: It was was like a stampede.
0: That is so awesome.
1: Yeah, that was a good one.
0: Wow. Um, (laughs) That's so funny. But yeah, being the PA announcer... Is so much fun because so in Beloit, I was the PA announcer for three years and I got to play the music during the games. So, I mean, that's also fun. I don't like to do them both at the same time if I can help it, but I did it for three years, so you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, (laughs) it was it would be so funny. So, guys would um, be like. Oh, Bobby! Who's gonna be the the Taco John's player? Or the you know I think it was the leadoff batter, and I think it was if they got a single on their first at bat, they got a a free soda. If they got a double, they got a churro. If they got a triple, they got a taco. And if the leadoff batter hit a home run with their first hit, they got a. Um, it's like a big entree it'd be it was i think it was the potato au lait and guys would always be like be like all right dude you got to step it up tonight so you can get us all free food so (laughs) you know
1: yeah stuff like that is very unique to minor league baseball and even with being a pa announcer more so you feel so much more invested with the fans because you can like really show a side too. you can really like kind of show a bias
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, so you can get so much more excited with everyone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. PA announcing is so much easier than doing play by play. It's, it's unreal. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Like I said, it takes special people to be play by play broadcasters for sure. Where can the listeners find you on social media, Emily?
1: I mainly frequent Twitter for my sports stuff, so that's um, at M underscore Messina. I'm also on Instagram and on Facebook, so you can track me down on those things, too, if you want to follow me.
0: Okay, perfect. I, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to listen to any other episodes of the podcast, but... I end every episode with the same question, and I think this is because you know walk-up songs are make the games unique and all that. Um, there actually is a Spotify playlist that I've made with all of my my guests' favorite walk-up songs in their careers. Um, so you just search "Pulling Tart Podcast Walk-Up Playlist." I think is what it's called, and it's there on Spotify. So what has been your favorite walk-up or warm-up song in your baseball career, and whose was it?
1: Wow. Well, first I'd like to say that the person who's on the Ox, the person that's doing the music at the ballpark, has the hardest job. Yes. I think is so. it's very rewarding, but it is so challenging to pick something that the players like, that also the coaches like, mm-hmm. that also the front office likes and that also the fans like. Right. a lot of people to please, and I think it can get really difficult, and I think players have a different idea of what kind of walk-up songs they want, uh, especially ones that don't really, like, stop and think about the fact that it's, like, a family-friendly event. So I've definitely heard, like, a lot of really great ones that are super upbeat. I've heard a lot of wacky ones that are very, like, distinct to the player, um, or ones... I always find it interesting if a player switches a song when they're having a difficult time at the plate, or if people just keep have, have the same song every single year. It's always interesting. But my favorite has been when I was over in Australia. There was a player, Colin Willis, and he is now affiliated with the Red Sox. Okay, he was he didn't come on a starter. He worked his way into the starting lineup, and he became like the sounding board for the team. Like he ended up with the highest batting average and really led the team and when he first got there he was an American player and they said oh my gosh you have to use the song that the Australians like love and it's called Duncan it's by um, Slim Dusty Mm. I don't know if you're going to be able to find it on Spotify I hope you can but basically there's a part of the chorus and I am tone deaf so I'm going to say it but it goes I'd like to have a beer with Colin because Colin's my mate And when it came on, everybody like sang along because it's a very popular song there as he was stepping into the box. And it was just so exciting. Like people were thrilled to hear it, especially because his name was Colin and he was such a friendly player. And like having a beer with Colin became like a thing throughout the season. And we did promotional stuff with it. But it was just like the most exciting thing because he came and he didn't really understand it and they were like just take this song you need to take it and it ended up being like everyone's favorite so I I really enjoyed that one
0: okay perfect perfect. so I'll find that on YouTube I'm sure of it Um, so we'll ride out with that song Um, and I just want to say thank you so much Emily for taking the time to chat with me Um, I'm really glad we got to connect and uh, yeah just thank you so much for taking the time Thank you
1: for having me. I've enjoyed getting to talk some baseball here in the offseason, and uh, thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. I love you. to have a beer with Colin. I love to have a beer with Colin. We drink in moderation, and it
1: doesn't really matter if he brings his doll. We drink it the town and country where the atmosphere is great. I love to have a beer with Colin, because Colin
0: You've listened to the Polling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at Stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversations.